So I've been talking about how to be led by the Spirit, and I started this morning service with this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So we know that he's not talking about everybody combined because nobody can beat the masses, right? But he's talking about uh, an individual versus another individual, I beat you. Now, Paul, obviously a spiritual man, is not in a bragging contest, right? This is not about bragging or puffing himself up. It's not. What's he saying? I, I can place, I know in the spirit, I pray in tongues more than you all. And he's saying, I thank my God that I do because such revelation had come to the Apostle Paul. And, uh, you know, the epistles that we get, some of them were written in prison, you know, and uh, he knew the Holy Spirit. And that's how he was able to finish his race and do so well and have such revelation, such revelation. And so he's saying, I pray in tongues more than you all in his prayer life. So let's go to Ephesians 1, 16 to 19. And here he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And we've just established that the prayers, a lot of times he's speaking in other tongues. He's praying in the spirit. Okay? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit. <clears throat> the spirit. It doesn't say, may give unto you wisdom and revelation. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Yes. But I pray that he would give unto you the spirit of wisdom mm -hmm. and revelation in the Holy Ghost, in the knowledge of him. So Paul puts this prayer out there for the church and for the believers. And, uh, and he's saying, I pray more in tongues than you all. And I'm praying that God would give you basically what he's given me. That's what he's saying. I cease not to make mention of you in your prayers, that he would give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation because all of the answers of God come out of that place. If your eyes are open, that your answer is walking in the spirit and praying in other tongues, yeah, you're going to pray in English, but everybody prays in English. The unsaved people pray in English. We've been given languages to pray in the Holy Ghost that we would pray out the mysteries of God, Right? And then it says this, the, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. God wants you to know that, here's the next words, that ye may know, that you may know what is the hope of his calling for your life. The hope of his calling for your life. Do you know what a shame it is to go through your whole life hit and miss? To not know? You know what you experience when you don't understand the plan of God? Smallness. That's right. Smallness. The revelations of God kind of, they ruin you for the mundane. Mm. Yeah. All of us have routines that we have to do. We just do them. You know, they have to be done. But to live a life touching the things of the spirit, you can't not, you cannot settle for a mundane everyday life. It's tragically boring. And it does not fulfill the call in your life or the call of your heart. And he says that he wants you so that you'll know the hope of his calling for your life. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you? What he's put in you, he wants to draw it out. That inheritance that's in you, he wants to draw it out. And the only way that you can draw that out is by dipping down into your spirit by speaking in other tongues. 
Okay, the walk of the Spirit is not just praying in other tongues, but um, it's the way in. It's the way in. It's not the only aspect. Uh, you know, God can speak to you in so many ways, dreams, visions, quickenings. But the speaking in tongues causes even the baby Christian yeah. to begin to dip down in their spirit. You know, the word says that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, there's an edifice being built in you, like a tall building being built in you by the Holy Spirit. Things that you can't know. And, and I'm telling you, the more you pray in the Spirit, the more sensitive yeah. you will be. The more um, discerning you'll be if you pray in the Spirit. Yeah. I said this in the other services. If you, you have to learn the Word. You have to renew your mind so that you can agree with God. But if you handle the Word all your life and you handle your Christian walk all your life in your mind, you are going to miss it. It is not enough to know the word in your mind. And I, if you've never experienced more, then you might struggle with that a little bit, little bit. It might seem like, well, what do you mean? Like, I know the word, I speak the word. Yes, but there's a walk of the spirit that can be accessed by taking time praying in the Holy Ghost. And you don't have to know exactly what you're praying out at first, but what you're doing is you're going to have to learn to get out of the mechanics of prayer into the river of prayer. Yes. And it's waiting. It's there every day. There is, listen, God does not change. And I will say this. If it seems like some days you hit the gusher and other days they're dry, it has nothing to do with the Spirit of God. Right. He is the same. Sometimes we are dry, we don't react to him, we haven't learned how to respond to him, but it's an exciting thing to realize that he is waiting for you there every day, every day. You don't want to be mental in your handling of the word. If you're sick, you can handle the word mentally and not receive your healing. You really can. You can pound, you can pound those scriptures until God seems cold and far away in your pain. He is not cold. He is wonderful. Amen. He is not far away, but he has told us through and through in the scriptures that you must be filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, yes. because that is the drill that gets down into the real answers of life. Amen. That's where all your answers lie, not just uh, for healing. You know, I've, I've realized lately, if you can't get over in an area, look, there might be sickness in your body and you can't seem to get healed. And you've heard all the sermons, you think you've got it, you think you've got it, you're still not healed. What you've got to do is you've got to set time aside every day and pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You got to say, Father, I don't know what it is, but I cannot seem to receive this from you. And so I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost about receiving my healing and then stay there. Pray in the Holy Ghost and be specific. Or, you know, let me say this. There's so many ways in life that we can go the wrong way. And if you've noticed, just because you're a Christian, it does not mean that you are safe from making mistakes at all. And I know because my husband and I have made doozies. We've made blunders. And I can tell you that every time that we made them, it was because we didn't pray in the Spirit enough until we knew. Yeah. Or we were looking for the voice. Well, God didn't speak to me, or God, I'm waiting for God to speak to me. Um, and you've got to take it into your own heart and take it into your own walk that I'm going to run after God and I'm going to start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I'm not, he'll talk to you, whether it's the inner witness 
or he might even actually speak to you, but you are to be led by the Spirit. And the way that you can be led by your Spirit and be sensitive to the way that he's leading you is by praying out in the Holy Ghost. You have to pray until you know. And let me explain. If you, if you get something in your mind and it feels like it feels good to you, it feels good to you. It looks good. It checks the boxes. It feels good to you. Please don't make a decision based on that. That's, right. That's not enough. That's not enough. Amen. Listen, it takes time for you to be able to discern the peace of God and the peace of your mind. Just because something feels good to you, why would you make a decision based on it feels good? When you can go and get in your private prayer closet with yeah. God. Yeah. And what you do is you shut down your mind because the worst thing you can take into your prayer closet is ambition. Amen. And deep desires. You're allowed to have deep desires. That's not that. And God's desires for you are greater than your desires for you. But if you don't shut down your wants... What he wants for you is greater. You don't have to worry about being shafted, I promise you. But if you don't shut down the wants that you have for yourself in order to quiet that and pray in your spirit until a knowing comes up. And that knowing might take weeks to pray out, might take days, might take hours. But if you just settle in and say, I'm not moving until that knowing comes. Now, a lot of us, I think we wait for the voice, for God to speak and say, this is your Whatever that is. This is your, what you're waiting for is not that God, if God chooses to speak to you, that's great. But that's not what you're waiting for. You're waiting for the witness, the bearing of witness in your spirit from here. It comes from here. It doesn't come from here. And it takes a while to be able to identify your spirit man. Um, I shared this example. I think it's a good example that I wish didn't happen, but I'm grateful for the lesson. Was I told the congregation at the beginning of this year, whenever I was feeling led by God, I would have heat come upon my shoulders and sometimes my hands. I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. And then uh, something came up in the last two weeks that was important. And uh, as I was uh, talking about it, there was a heat that flashed across my torso. And I thought, oh, there's God bearing witness. That's God. He's talking to me. I could feel his presence. And so... But, but when I looked inward, because that's a physical manifestation, when I looked inward, my spirit felt blank. You have to pray until you understand what I'm talking about. You might not understand today. It's a walk. You're going to get there. Amen. Okay? It's a walk. But I, when I turned toward my spirit, there was no defining yes. And there was no defining no. It was blank. And I've learned not to ignore that. So what I did was I started to pray in the spirit. I prayed for about two hours. I was at rest. I was at peace. There was nothing frantic about it. I just prayed in the spirit. And the more I prayed, about the last half an hour, last hour or so, I began to feel a heavy feeling in my stomach, in my spirit man. And I thought, Lord, what is that? And so I prayed it out until it came up in my spirit, and my spirit rejected it. Now, you have to understand, that's not, a, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. It's good that the Lord bore witness with me, but it reminded me, no matter what the physical sensation is, no matter what signs or acts or whatever, if you're not getting a yes, if you haven't checked your inner man, if you haven't run it by your spirit, by checking it, by speaking in tongues, then you are working without a gear in place. I'm telling you, you are leaving yourself open to interpreting things the wrong way. You have to pray until you know. Amen. You can walk in a direction. Listen, we walk many steps sometimes before something is decided. Yeah. 
right? Uh, if you are, uh, if you're, let's just say you start a relationship with someone. And of course it seems good to you because you wouldn't be with them in the first place if you weren't drawn to them, right? That makes sense, right? But as you go, you're, you're checking your spirit, you're, you're praying, you're taking the time. If you value the walk of the spirit, if you value that your life not end up in an ash heap, if you value not having destruction, and I, I do mean that, things come to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you value the spirit, you're going to stop and you're going to take time to pray until you know, and you're not going to take so many steps towards it that you can't reverse it without pain. You have to know. You have to know. And if you don't, you have to take whatever is offered. But that's not the walk of the believer. God wants you to know the hope of his calling for your life. He wants you to know how to walk in the spirit. And let me just dispel the lie right now. If you think prayer is dry, you just have not prayed enough to get into the river. It's not dry. It's wonderful. It's not frantic, although the Lord can come on you and put a burden on you that feels frantic, but that's of him. It's not frantic. It's just urgent. And it's an invitation. This time going into um, the coming revival, the realities of God, the power of God, this is an invitation to not be carnal Christians, to want more than just handling the word with your mind. And even then the word is delicious with your mind, that there's hope, there's healing. You got a savior, you got a deliverer, but you need to, you need to now enter into a walk with him. Where's you and him? It's you and him. It's intimacy with him. And this all comes by praying in the Holy Ghost until you begin to know things, until you begin to understand how he's speaking to you. It's so important. And I said this this morning as well. Your flesh suit is very strong. It's very strong. The people come on this, or Christians that come on this earth their whole life and never understand. That sit in church and hear the word and never understand the difference between walking in the flesh, walking in the mental, and walking in the spirit. They're two totally different things. And I think sometimes people think walking in the flesh is just sin. It, it does contain that. But walking in the flesh is just not gaining access to your spirit. It's not dipping down. It's not having the knowings and the leadings. Every leading that you get from God that, that proves out, and it should be proving out, it should be precious to you. Yes. It's precious. God himself is talking to you in his way. And it's also the way that you learn. And it's, it's, we're, we're after the, that realm of the spirit because it's not a small place, it's a realm. And it's not one step, it's a walk. And the wonderful thing about it is that you can go in a direction, but if you're wise, if you care about the plan of God for your life, your spirit should be checking, 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 checking. And it's dangerous to go into prayer wanting something so much. You don't realize the power of your mind to try to get God to say what you want him to say. And, and something will say what you want said. And it'll sound just like the Lord. But it's not him. It's a counterfeit. And I know because I've heard it many times. And if you pray in the Spirit, God will make you discerning. You don't have to worry about being smart enough to pick it up. If you pray in the Spirit and dedicate yourself to being in the presence of the Lord, praying out in other tongues, God will make you sensitive. 
you will begin to understand because of the process of what he's doing in your spirit. You will begin to pick up, no, that the, no that's not how God talks to me. No, that doesn't feel right. It sounds right, but it doesn't feel right here. It doesn't feel right here. And when you've spent the time praying, uh, when, when you know to wait till that knowing, then when you step out of the boat, you step on the water, you'll walk on the water. You, you won't be drowning. You won't be falling underneath the waves. You won't be confused. Oh, the devil loves to get in your prayer life, to get in your mind, to confuse you. Oh, but I thought that was God. I was sure that was God. How many of us here that can say that, we, that we've heard things we thought for sure was God? Because I know I can over and over again. But what, what's happening, see, is you're not praying in the, in the spirit, in tongues, enough until you cultivate that sensitivity, until you just know. And it's, I want to take the attention off of us because sometimes we have a tendency to feel like that person's so spiritual, they don't miss it. No, they're spiritual because they pray in the spirit, they spend time with God, and God himself. Do you understand? It's not you bearing witness. It's God bearing witness in your spirit. God's bearing the witness. You're just picking it up. Why are you picking it up? Because you're sensitive because you spent the time. This fast, how many times growing up, nobody modeled it wrong. I grew up with great people. It wasn't that. It's just that I personally felt like fasting was like, I got to get God's attention. Or the fast came on real hard when there was trouble because we were, we were frightened to death. Honestly, we were terrified. So we got to get on our faces and we got to fast. And the thing was, what I didn't realize was that that's not the way it is. God doesn't change. He's not up there trying to make us, you know, you know, like a marionette, you know, he's going to make it hard for us before he ever shows. You can, you can think that in your mind. What? I got to hurt. I got to, I got to feel hunger before you're going to talk to me. That's the enemy speaking. Listen, it's simply for you to take off your flesh clothes. When you put your flesh aside, your spirit jumps forward. When your spirit takes preeminence, you're able to hear, you're able to see, you are able to understand. But if you live Fasting is so great because it gives you an opportunity to turn away and then you're able to see other things. You're able to, to show yourself, I don't, I, I don't have it all together. I don't want to live in the realm of the mental. Listen, your mind is a wonderful thing. It's God given. You're going to use it all your life. So the more renewed it is, that's great, right? And the, I think, like I've, my husband is very, he's a melancholy, he's, he's details, details, details. And I've come to realize it's a wonderful thing. Because just because you're detailed doesn't mean you're unspiritual. It does not. I know people that aren't detailed and they're not spiritual either. So being mental in terms of the sense your processes are sharp. You're really good at research. You're really good at the details. That's a gift from God. You should celebrate that. You, that's not what you're laying aside. You're not laying aside the mental faculties. What you're doing is you're not relying on the mental faculties to get you to your destination. They can't give you the final answer. But you should be glad if God's given you a mind like a steel trap, that you just run things efficiently and you got your lists going and research. That's a gift from God. That's an amazing thing. It shouldn't be put down. It's wonderful, but you can't, you can't lead with that. You live your life, you do, you shine, be the star God's made you to be, be that person and develop. But, it's, but everything that you do gets run through your spirit. Everything is run through your spirit and that's what leads. And when you lead with that, plus you've got a brilliant mind or you've got processes that are <laughs> thankworthy, 
then you've got an amazing combination. What we say is, if you're mental and you're relying, or I shouldn't say mental, that means, what I'm saying is if you're fleshly, but if you have a great mind, you still can't let it lead. And sometimes we feel that people enjoy the processes of a great mind so much that they haven't really opened themselves up to the vast resources of the spirit. And we don't want you to get tripped up there. And of course, I know lots of brilliant people that are very spiritual and their minds don't trip them up because they've learned the walk of the spirit. Once you start learning how to walk in the spirit, how to get your answers by praying in the spirit so that they come up from here. And I don't mean words, I mean it's a knowing. It's a, it's a red light or it's a green light. Once, once you start to get sure-footed in that, you're not going to want to return to the blankness of the mental, to the assessing of the mental. I said it this morning, Reverend Taylor had planned to go to a university here in the province. And, you know, he was praying and God told him to go to California. And look what he found in California. <laughs> Beautiful Miss Corinne, the training for the ministry. I mean, you were working with... Uh, Pastor Noel and Ruby, I believe their anointing got all over you, brother. I really do. And, and, but that's so critical and so important. It is. And so the thing is, um, I can't say it strong enough. Paul talked about it so much about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. You know, uh, emphasizing the walk of the Spirit. And we're, you're going to hear us say it so much, you might even feel like, yeah, I know, I know, the <laughs> walk of the Spirit. But you got to get there. Yes. you got to hear it preached and preached until yes. you recognize. If you don't recognize anything else, you recognize that you're not there. Right. Yeah. And then what you can do is start towards that path. And if, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, yeah, we can have you come to the front. And, you know, but He can baptize you right there in your own house, in your own car. You just got to... Yeah. Pray and just trust them to fill you. And when there's syllables that come up out of your spirit, yield to them. It's as simple as that. And again, again, that's also a good analogy because when you haven't had the spirit or you don't, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it can seem like how in the world, how do you get baptized in the spirit? You, you, you're mental. How do I yield to that? I don't feel anything. I don't feel another language. Well, it's there, but you have to yield to it, and then it comes up, and as you start yielding to it, even that process alone is very much a picture of turning off the mind and stepping into the Spirit and speaking out those languages that God gives you. And He wants you to pray out those mysteries. If you're believing for a job, if you're believing for the right person for your life, don't wait for God to speak to you or bring you the perfect thing. What you do is you get in your prayer closet, and you start praying out in the Holy Ghost. And you pray and you pray till he makes you sensitive, till you start knowing some things. And you can pray specifically. You can go in and say, Father, regarding this issue, it might be a health issue, it might be issues with your children. I'm in here in this prayer closet today and I'm praying out in the spirit for my children, for my job, for my spouse. And he wants you to do that actively. He doesn't want you to take a passive role, sitting back, waiting for him to boom and speak something to you. No, he wants you to pray out the mysteries. And Pastor Nancy says it beautifully about laying the tracks for your life, laying the tracks, pulling out the ambushes because they're there, whether you know it or not, they're there. And, uh, you know, and if I keep coming back to the right people for our life, if you're believing for someone and you want to be with someone and uh, you, someone catches your interest, well, you can make a step in that direction, but you have to keep praying in the Holy Spirit until you know. 
and then be willing to listen to whatever the answer is and don't add. Don't add. This is where the danger of wanting an outcome to be a certain way. Craig and I added. We, we wanted to, well, I don't, I wanted to get into ministry. I don't, not in an ambitious way. I just, I just knew I had a call in my life and we were going to head to Peru. And so it just seemed like the right next move. And we were so mental. The money came in. You know, we had, we had all the connections we needed. It just looked right. It did. It looked right. David Hogan was, you know, down in Mexico, ripping a trail through Mexico. And, and uh, Brother Andrews came to um, Pastor Coulter's church, and he's having miracles, signs, and wonders. And so over a course of, you know, talking together and whatever, we begin the path going that way. I mean, it was so, it was so wrong for us, so wrong for us. But it looked right. And it was noble. You know what I mean? What we were doing didn't look noble. So there was that too. It's like, well, we want to do something for God. We want to do something for God. The devil will take your best intentions and tear you to pieces with them. It's not enough for it to be a good intention. You have to pray until you know. Until you know. And uh, we were in Guatemala for language school, and I would walk around the square praying in tongues because I was bored, bored, bored. I wanted to go home so bad. And uh, there was no grace to be there, and I didn't know why. Somebody else, it would have lit them up. It was a great place. I just, it was not for me. But I didn't know that, so I was praying in tongues. And I, I think I was there probably about eight weeks, and I began to feel a dread in my stomach. And I thought it was homesickness. I thought, I just want to go home, it's homesickness. But it was distinct and it kept growing till it was almost painful. And then one day in the square, as I'm walking around, I stopped and I said, God, are you trying to tell me we're not supposed to go to Peru? Because all of that was training for Peru. And as the words came out of my mouth, the revelation was coming right out of my mouth. I was answering my own question. And I knew without a a doubt we weren't. And... um, I thank God that I was bored enough to pray. <laughs> that I wasn't like running around this meeting, that meeting, this beach, that, you know, friends, you know, having a big old holiday while we were accomplishing something because I might have been distracted. I don't know, but I wasn't seeking an answer. And this is the beauty of speaking in tongues. You might not be speaking, seeking an answer in that area, but because you're spiritual, by, you're, you're spiritual by doing spiritual acts. That's what makes you spiritual. We're not special in that sense. We're special to God, but you're spiritual when you do what the Word tells you to do. That's Amen. spiritual. Yes. So, so what happens is, it's so lovely that I didn't know to ask, but I guarantee you, while I was walking around that square, the Holy Ghost in my spirit was asking on my behalf that I would be shown the revelation that I was on the wrong path. And I can't tell you, I didn't like that education, but I'm grateful for it. I am grateful for it. I am very grateful for it. And I'm grateful for that education a couple weeks ago where uh, the Lord showed me, don't you ever rely on a physical sign. Don't you ever. Your answer is in your spirit. Your answer is the bearing of witness. That's your answer. And I would say that as you're learning to be led by God, don't seek for that voice because unless you know how to hear the voice of God, the bearing of witness is so much safer You don't have to discern sentences and words from the Lord because the bearing of witness is either a yes or it's a no. Or there's a restraint. Might look perfect. Might look, 
I guarantee you that when God has you on a crossroads going into your life, there's usually a decoy. Maybe not always, but we've experienced a lot of them. And so now nothing gets done unless it's run by this. What does the Spirit say? What does the Spirit of God say? I know what the Word says. The Word gives us the vision. We know that there's going to be things that are going to be done in the future. Isn't it amazing how the Spirit wants you in the know? He, we know about going north to the Native Indian Reserves. I've never been there, but I know we're supposed to go. It's so wonderful that he's so far down the pathway. So far down the pathway, but he wants to get us... Uh, seasoned, mature in the things of the Spirit. This church is going to see a revival. And some counterfeits are probably going to try to get in here. But if you pray in the Spirit, they'll never get in here. You'll be so sensitive. You don't even need to know why. You just know. And so with that sensitivity, you don't have to worry. You know, I remember that story. Was it Lester Sumrall and Oral Roberts? Uh, I think, I can't remember which one it was. They had an accountant with them. They met for dinner trying to remember. One of them picked up that the accountant was wrong in their hearts. Lester picked it up. up. Yeah. So Oral Roberts had an accountant with him of some sort. I don't know how he was involved, but he was involved. And when Lester showed up for lunch, he he looked at um, Brother Oral and said, uh, this man's going to cause trouble. This man's trouble. He's he's not right. And Oral turned and looked at him and said, you're fired. Right? You're fired. That's a good response. Right. Because both member, both people were familiar in different ways in flowing and walking in the spirit. Right? But God wants you to know that for yourself. It's great when there's a rescue. It's great when someone can say, you sure about that? The doctor said that to us, planted a, tr- a church in Winnipeg. You sure about that? And it was kind of like I said to Craig, I said, oh my. No, 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 no. He doesn't say that. Unless he's trying to draw attention. Are you sure about that means you're not supposed to be doing it? But he's not going to say that because we got to pick you. But we've stopped. Stop everything. Of course, the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us. And so we got back on track. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but that's, you don't want that track record, right? You don't want that track record. What you want is you're led. And then as you're led and there's a step, there's success. And there's seasons of your life where even though there's success for you, you're still in obscurity maybe in your life. You may not have arrived yet, but the developing time is so key for you. Oh, it's so key. Don't, don't let delay come because of disobedience. If there's a season where you um, are in obscurity, but you're doing what the Lord's told you to do, then embrace it. Embrace it. There's development in us that we need. And sometimes I'm telling you, we don't know that we need it. We don't know that we need it. We look at people that are on a world stage and they're getting persecuted. And we think we know what that is because we watch a YouTube video. And you don't know what it feels like. But you get prepared in the times of your life of obscurity. God, like Pastor Nancy says that, she says, God doesn't develop you on the world stage. Doesn't mean development is not occurring there, but you're at a certain stage when you get there. In God's books, he is so loving to us. It matters to him that we're not destroyed. It matters to him that we're not shoved off course. It matters to him that our life and the plan of our life goes forward and is not in a shambles. The wrong person in your life can abort things. You know, um, not 
having a place in the spirit can abort things for your children. You cannot accomplish everything you need to accomplish for your children, I would know. I would know. You can't. You have, you have a prayer closet. There's power in the prayer closet. Way past the mind. Way past the Ten Commandments. And they're all important. I'm not diminishing that. I'm saying that there's a power that you hold when you are a person that's spiritual, that prays in the Holy Ghost. You can't do everything mentally, no matter how good you are. Listen, there are people that have taught their children the right principles, and their kids are in prison. Yeah. It's not parents' fault. I know there's cases where, you know, things can be done better. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are demon forces that if you don't pick that up and recognize that demonic force coming against you in a particular way, it might not be coming against your sister or your brother or your friends, but it's coming against you in a certain way. And you might not even have someone that you can go to to lead you out of it or to overcome it, but the Holy Ghost is there. And if you will talk into him, he will bring you into a place where you can overcome that giant. But it's not in the mental. Oh my goodness, it's not in the mental. Listen, I, I do know the duality of life. There is so much wisdom in the earth. And I don't mean devilish wisdom. I mean just wisdom. There's wisdom. It's good to get wisdom. Look, let me read it for you. I actually have it here in my notes. Let me read it for you, how, what, how God sees wisdom. This is talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? This is the spirit of wisdom. So wisdom, this is Proverbs uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud, cries, cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the market. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. And then go down to 23. If you will turn, repent, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit, my spirit. Yeah. I will pour out my spirit upon you. And I will make my words known to you. I, God's going to do the, the work. If you'll do this, I'll do this. Okay? So you don't have to be afraid. If you will turn and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit. I'll pour it out. I won't drop it. I'll pour it out upon you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you have refused to answer, this is the negative side, I have stretched out my hand and no man has heeded it. But that's not us. Now go to verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord, would accept none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Now listen to this. For the backsliding of the simple, doesn't say sinner. The backsliding of the simple shall slay them. This is serious. We don't have to be afraid because we've got the Lord and He loves us, but He wants us skillful. Amen. Okay? And the careless ease of self-confident fools shall destroy them. So what's He saying? Life is a war. You can walk it in peace and joy, but all around you there are things that would love to deceive you, to take from you, and the Lord sent His Holy Spirit so that you could overcome all that. You don't have to be robbed from. Nobody can take from you what God's given you if you know how to walk in the Spirit. You don't have to fight with people. You don't, you don't have to fight with people. You leave them alone. Walk in love. 
And you got, then you turn into your prayer closet. Oh man, the power that God has given us. And it's amazing. Verse 33, but whoso hearkens to me, wisdom shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. That's the way I want to live. I want to live there. No matter what, I want to live there. I want you to live there. Amen? I want this church to live there in peace, self-confidence, in trusting God. And it says, um, chapter 2, verse 6 of Proverbs, For the Lord gives skillful, the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth, come, from his mouth, from his spirit, come knowledge and understanding. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous. Those who are upright and in right standing with him, he is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity, that he may guard the paths of justice. Yes, he preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and fair dealing in every area and relation. Yes, you will understand every good path. Oh, praise the Lord. For skillful and godly wisdom shall enter into your heart and knowledge shall be pleasant to you. Discretion shall watch over you and understanding shall keep you. That's the life we're looking for. That's the life we're, I'm not looking for a religious life. And please understand what I mean. I'm looking for intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Where the word burns like fire. Where it's revelation to me. Where I can obtain what has been given to me. And I don't do the, oh well. You know what that is, right? God promises you magnificent things. And it's, oh well. That's not the posture of somebody that knows how to receive from the Spirit of God. We are, that is not our way. Our way is fast, furious, powerful, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's our way. Amen. That's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. He's a warrior. Amen. He is a warrior. He is. He is. He's strong and he's mighty and he walks with us. But he wants you aware of his presence. He wants you aware of him. I said this this morning. He wants, we teach the mechanics. You have to know the mechanics. They're the foundations you build everything on. So it's like, I said this morning, if you, if you learn soccer and your coach has you, you know, sets up the pylons and has you doing certain things in a sport, he has to teach you that. But you can't stay there. You have to get to the point where it's automatic. It's automatic. There's an automation in what you do. And you do it without thinking, but you do it with precision because you've done it. You've done it, you've done it, you've done it. And what the doing of it will start the engine. It'll start doing this instead of just this. So we will talk to you about not, you know, it's good that you do 15 minutes of prayer in the morning. That's the mechanics. You get up, you school yourself. I need to do this. This is right. But that's not where you live. That's not where the river is. So what you do is you start by being obedient whether you feel anything or not and you do it and you do it and you do it till you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you feel the presence of the, of the Lord and you pray and you go back to sleep. And then you get up in the morning as soon as you open your eyes, not because you were told to, but there's a praise in your heart. Right. There's a talking to him. Why? Because in the praying and in him answering your prayers and talking to you, your reality of him goes from anything of the shoulds, I, got, I should do this and I should do that, to uh, I can't get enough of him. Yeah. And he supersedes all. And if I, if I can just be with him, everything that I need, I'll have. So get out of the way. Schedule, get out of the way. 
distractions get out of the way because I need to spend time with the love of my life, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's the love of our life. He's, he's wonderful. You know, and in some instances, he's, he's your comforter and he's your helper. And in other instances, he's like the big boy on the, on the, you know, the playground that you know you're just glad he's walking with you. And I mean that. There's things, there's times, there's reckonings because there's seasons of mercy. And we're, if we're of the right spirit, remember Jesus said, you, you're not of the right spirit if you want harm to come to anyone. That's not his spirit. But there's seasons of mercy where even at the end of a season of mercy, God, God judges. God judges. You know, we've got this COVID thing happening in the earth. And, you know, like there's, there's harvests of sin in the earth. We're on the earth. It's got nothing to do with us. Where if they put us back in isolation, I have, a, I have a, an instruction for you. You better praise your way through it. That's right. Don't pay it any mind. It will pass. We got a gospel that's got to go to the end of the earth, and God is talking to us about it in, in a very deep way. This is a season, but it's also a season to acquaint yourself with God and, and watch Him do what He'll do for you. But if you descend into complaining, grumbling, there's no supply to you. He can't get it to you. It's there, but it's a river, and you've got to tap down. Oh, how do I tap down? Well, you turn away. From everything that stirs you up, for one, I guard. I guard what I watch and I guard what I hear. I do not spend time with people that are miserable. I do not. I love them. My ears are not dumping cans. I'm never rude to anyone. I will never. But I will remove myself. I'm in a different realm. This is not slowing us down. If, if something slows down for a while in society, you just drill down. There's a whole round that continues going. And actually, as you do it, it speeds up. And let me tell you, there's rewards for you when you are spiritual in a season where the press is on you. Right. God sees it and he likes it. He likes it when you, uh, like the word says, quit ye like men. Stand up, be a good soldier. But you don't do it out of the, out of, uh, the strength of your mind. It doesn't last if it's in your mind. It's got to come up out of your spirit, man. So you turn away from the things that are depleting you. Things in your control. Things in your control. And we control a fair bit. We control what we watch and what we hear and stuff like that. Maybe we're in an environment with other people. But I say have a voice. Everybody else has a voice. Have a voice. Tell them you don't listen to that. You're listening to something. You're listening to God. You're a believer. You don't believe in... In, uh, in being hopeless and depressed. Because you have a standard to uphold, but you uphold it by the Spirit. Let me read you a verse. I think you'll like this one. Let me see where I've put it in my, my notes. Where do I have that? That he would grant you, Ephesians 3.16, according to the riches of his what? Glory. You ever been around the glory of God? Your flesh will shake. You won't be able to handle it if it gets too hot. We can't handle it. I experienced that in Scott Webb's church. I shook in places you can't shake yourself. It's the glory of God. And I thought, if this dials up any hotter, I'm going to freak out. And I don't mean in a demonic way. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I was going to freak out. I couldn't take it. That was the, that and in a Maura Sorello convention. It's the only two times I felt like that in my life. And of course, deliverance came for me. But he says, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit, by His Spirit in your inner man. Well, I don't know what that means. That's because you don't pray in the Spirit. Or you don't pray enough until you get over. 
You got to pray until you get down to your spirit man. There's joy there for you. There's resources there for you. It might in your inner man. Your inner man is more real than your outer man. It is. It's stronger. The Holy Ghost lives in there. It's much stronger. But it, it can't be stronger in your life if your attention is all on this realm. You're going to have to do some things in this realm, but you decide how much time you give it. You decide how much time you read fiction novels instead of the Word. You decide how much time you give to seeking God. And the enemy would love to have you think that the realm of the Spirit is boring. Anything that you discard in the natural, you pick up in the Spirit, there's no comparison. One is majestic and amazing, the other is nothing. And the enemy would love you to believe that, oh, i got to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. That's religion. That's religion. You do have to pick up your cross. You do have to, picking up the cross is laying aside the flesh. Your flesh might kick a bit. But once you start to understand how strong your spirit man is, when you yield to your spirit, you're praying all the time, and, and you walk in, and there's knowings, and there's leadings. There's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. And it becomes a, a very delineating line between black and white when you're, in, when, you're with, when you're spiritual. And it's not that you have a distaste for people, but you, you want to be around people that are drawing you into the spirit. Because that's where you live. That's where you live. You've decided and God accommodates you and draws you in and you're learning things there. So to be around people that only discuss the things of the natural is very draining and it's very unrewarding. It's distasteful to the believer that speaks in the spirit. And so I know when we met with Pastor Nancy, I was grateful. (laughs) I was grateful that I could just shut up and listen because I needed to shut up and listen. I needed to be around someone like her who was years and years out ahead of me in learning to walk by the Spirit. And I'll I'll say this, she's one of the top. For me, she's the top. I do mean that. God put her over me. And and when when I hear what she has to say, everything is laced from that other realm. It's just a different realm that she walks in. And you can't rush her. You cannot rush her. We'll talk, not that we're trying to, but we'll talk to her. And that's prevalent that... Well, I, ha- I, have to run it, I have to run it by the Holy Spirit. I have to pray until I get a, a bearing of witness. Everything is bearing of witness. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why we can't go there. I just I feel restraint. You don't have to know why. You just know not to go there. You don't need to go there. And then other times that'll lift. You know what the Spirit of God said to me recently? He said, you don't ever have to have another bad friendship. He said, you don't ever have to have another bad vacation. He said, this life that you're tapping into, that you're aware of, that you're learning to identify, he said, you take that, you're supposed to take that into all aspects of your life. He'll check you. No, don't go on vacation with that person. That person might not be a bad person, but they might not be your vacation people. And he wants you on your vacation to be refreshed. He he does. He, He cares about that. You wouldn't think necessarily that he does. I mean, he dealt with me. I remember we went on vacation with a couple, nicest couple. It's not their fault. Nicest couple, honestly. But I had a grieving about, about three months before, and I said to Craig, I said, I don't think we're supposed to be going on this vacation. Of course, everything's paid for. Mm-hmm. We went. Now I wouldn't go, but we went then. This was years ago. The most horrible vacation we ever had. It was so awful. I came back exhausted and angry. <laughs> 
That's not the way you want to come back from vacation. But he cared. I knew. I said, Lord, this is not what you're supposed to pray. What I did, I wouldn't do this now. But I said, Lord, we've already paid for it. I feel you're telling us not to go. Is there danger if we go? If there's danger, I won't go. And he, he, did, he said to me, he said, no, there's no danger. I know that for a fact that he said, there's no danger. But I wanted something else for you. And I said, if we, I reasoned. Mental, 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 mental. Well, we've paid the money. If we did, it's going to hurt our friendship with this couple. We're going to offend, and we would have. We're going to offend them. And he said, you didn't ask. And I would have showed you right away. It was one of those, there was a flash sale. We were in the same house. We were looking at things. We've been talking about, we're going to go on vacation one day. We're going to go on vacation together. We put the money down that night, and I started to feel the dread the next day. Had nothing to do with the couple. They were great. They're nice. But it turned out to be something that I never forgot it. And it was, it took me a while to get over it. It did. It felt bad, really, really bad. And it makes you feel heavy like you're dragging a cement block. Vacation is not every week of the year, as you know. It's important to be refreshed when you go. God has friendships for you. That if you pick people by the Spirit, let them pick your friendships by the Spirit. There's people you're going to know and you like them. I'm talking about people you bring into your life. You can know. You can pray until you know. And if you get a check on the inside, then they stay on the perimeter of your life. This is a big thing, being led by the Spirit. It's the walk of the Spirit. It's your life. It's what the epistles are all about. And I think, I really believe that that's where the majority of the divisions in the body of Christ come from because you've got people that are getting over into another realm and they're seeing with different eyes and then you've got others that love God. Oh, they love God. I mean, they take it on the nose for God. They're dedicated. But because they don't have those spiritual eyes, they don't have that spiritual discerning, there's friction. There's friction. For instance, in the body of Christ, to some people, it's heretical for you to say that God has given you as a believer his authority. How dare you? You understand that? Or they think if you dare say that Jesus went to hell to pay for your sins. No, he didn't. Or if you say something like um, God wants you healed at all times. They, they stumble over it because they don't have those spiritual eyes. If you touch the nature of God, uh, you're going to know that he wants you well. You're going to know that he wants you prosperous. And listen, if you're sitting here and something's preached and you can see it in the Word, but you're struggling with it, you may be struggling with a religious spirit. But you can deal with that spirit just like you would deal with any other spirit. Once the Word identifies it for you and you recognize, I think, I think I'm dealing with something here. Like it chafes me when they talk about this. But you can see it in Scripture. It's okay to pray for yourself and say, Father, you know, I think I'm a bit religious or I'm this or that in this area. I need your help with it. And then you pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, you get delivered in your personality by praying for yourself in the Holy Ghost. You have no idea the power at your disposal. If you're shy, if you're given to anger, if you are, uh, you quit everything that you start. I'd be familiar with that one. Not now, but earlier in my life. If you... um, if you overproject in a room because you're insecure, if you, whatever it is, if you're silly and something about it seems wrong to you on the inside, it's good to have a sense of humor, but if you can't turn it off, right, right. I'm serious. If you, um, 
If you don't protect your life the way that you should and you become codependent very easily, if you, there's, it's, it's million, there's millions of things I could say. If you're, listen, and no offense, but if you find there's a slothfulness in your nature, or you're confused, you have to make life's decisions, and you see this person over here can make the decisions, and you can't seem to, you're confused. It's more spiritual than you think. You can, by praying in tongues, get yourself delivered from all of that. Father, I sense this is wrong. I'm going to pray in the Spirit until relief comes in that area for me. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? He's the comforter, but he's the helper. He's the strengthener. He's the counselor. So when something comes up on the inside of you, don't justify it. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, it might be wise to investigate it with the Holy Ghost. And by praying out, praying out. Have I said it enough today? I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're young, I want you to pray, 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 girls. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray, get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost. You're not too young. The younger, the better. The younger, the better. You're more familiar with another realm so that you don't have to live, pardon me, Lord, in this dump of a world with uh, all the garbage that is everywhere looking to take us off track. You want your kids filled up with God, filled up with the reality of God, the Spirit of God, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost and have them pray. Pray so that, get it so that the prayer in your home runs like water. You're not doing it so that they can hear you, but they should hear you. You know, they hear you when you're making toast in the morning. They hear you when you're going to school. Or if you're like me, when we're coming into church, be quiet. I'm going to pray in the spirit. You know, <laughs> not the older ones. The young ones, Lukey and Caleb, will, you know, have their scuffles sometimes. But I'm, pray- pray- I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, <laughs> you know. So, but let it be that there's, it's constant. Once you get into constant, you're getting into answers. Oh, you're getting into answers. And you, once you get into those answers, you will never want to turn back. In that praying is your prosperity, is your deliverance, is your freedom. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this word today, Lord. I thank you. You're developing a work here in this city, Lord God. I pray for a spiritual church. I know they love you. I know they love you. But you're looking for them to go into another gear, Lord God. You want to take them. Oh, into such intimacy with you. There's nothing like you. The realms of the spirit are calling for us, Lord, for us to walk into them, for us to know things, for us to be full of God, full of his power, full of dominion, full of victory, full of victory, full. Be being filled with the spirit so that when there are things that look like that are Goliaths or there's lions roaming to devour any part of our lives, Lord, We actually know who we are from our spirit man rather than trying to know who we are from our head. Oh, I pray that you just would just help them, Lord. Help them to hunger and thirst for you. Help them to know, even if they know much, help them to know there's so much more. It'll never end. The rooms are endless that we can explore you, Lord. But we've got a short period of time left on the earth, Lord. But we want to know you. I thank you, Lord, for them. We love them, Lord. Pastor Craig and I love them dearly. We thank you for them. We want so much for them, Lord. But whatever we want, you want way more. Way more. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. So sweet. He's so sweet. He's so sweet. Use this fast. Do something to turn aside. And let the Lord do something in you. It's a gift. It's a gift to you. It's a gift.